And now, Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. How do I tell if I'm recording? 50 seconds. Yeah, we're going. Okay. We're going? You can hear. I think I can turn it there. We're going? Right about there. 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 Right there. Right there. Yeah. All right. Right there. Can you loud? Sure, I was loud. Or I'm loud. I don't know who's loud. I think you're louder. Yeah. You get more worked up than me. In, in general, general, in general, I would totally agree with that. I yeah, wanted the but loud not necessarily the on the podcast. No. See, I, 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 I would never get asked to, sir, can you please keep the profanity to a minimum in the lobby <laughs> of a fancy hotel? I'm. I may hypothetically. Have, I may have had that happen. <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> totally hypothetically. Just once. No witnesses. I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McGlattery. This is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. Welcome to it. Um, back from our string of GDC interviews, which was really awesome. Yeah, that was nice to not have to talk to you for two straight months. <laughs> yeah, I missed you. Uh, those were those were so fun to do. Yeah, they were, and I, I'm glad that we was. have a spot for like every G- GDC from now on. Yeah, we found the super great hidden podcast spot. the The place where we recorded Rich was absolutely terrible. It was that was the worst. Um, but then, but uh, then I found the secret spot. Yeah, I'm glad you did the scouting for that. Uh, I took the soundbite guys there too. We did a we did a record there. I was like, tell you what, I got the spot. You showed them our spot, man. Yeah. Oh God! I'm I'm a part of a sharing and loving game audio community. <laughs> I like to hoard my spots because <laughs> if this doesn't work out, I can be a locations manager. Yeah. Well, then you should have taken pictures. Yeah, I didn't do that. If you were a location manager, you would have taken pictures. You yeah. had to put it in your binder. <laughs> my binder. <laughs> I did have a binder recently. Yeah. Um. Maybe. No, people were making fun. I had a binder at the last uh, sound designers meetup. Yep. Because so we had the Vancouver sound designers meetup, and we did our international experiment, and we flew Eileen Horta, who's a, a supervising sound editor, mm-hmm. who's done like tons of stuff. She's doing Luc- Lucifer now, but she also oh, did sweet. what was that Dennis Leary show with where he was a firefighter? Yeah, don't remember the name of it, but anyway, exactly she did what that. She's about. done. She's been doing it for forty years. She's done like over. 500 episodes of TV or something. I made wow. that number up, but it was in the... It's a lot. It's a lot. Like That's crazy. Uh, so we flew her up, and then... I, but so I brought a binder, because now we have to take, like, insurance documents and stuff to the insurance documents and, like, the list of the people that are going to show up, and I needed yep. a check to pay her. And, uh, official. Yeah, so I had a, I had a binder. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people made fun of me for carrying a <laughs> binder around. It did feel weird. Yeah. Who carries a binder? Um, anyway, so well, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned my binder because yeah. that's you the have only time I've carried a binder. Yeah. You don't own any binders? Uh, not anymore. I don't. I know. I don't think I've had a binder since high school. Really? Uh, yeah. Guess I'm just some nerd. Some oh. binder owning nerd. None. Of the, what the, the thing is is that. 
I was like, oh god, I need a, I need a clipboard, and I couldn't find any of the clipboards that I, I have been a clipboard owner. Oh, I have clipboards in the recent in recent memory, but I couldn't find any. Yeah. And so I, I I've got these binders just sitting on my desk, uh, but they're all full. <laughs> and then I start rifling through them, and I'm like, these are full of just shit I do not need. Yeah. Just like uh, like manuals for hardware Stuff you that don't I even own. own. Yeah, things that I don't own anymore, things that I do own that I know everything yeah. about that or things that like 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 my like my Furman my Furman uh, power conditioner. Oh, that, that's like, an important literally thing. all you do is plug stuff into it. Like there's Yeah. Well, that's and you don't you know, don't put it in water. I don't need a <laughs> manual for that. But I kept it cuz I was, I've uh, I've been meaning I have a giant box fresh. box of all my manuals. Yeah. And I've been meaning to go through it and find all the like Right, I get rid of stuff. I don't go into the box and get the manual out and get rid of it. So I'm like, I think there's a lot of stuff in there I don't own anymore. Right. That, yeah. So I got to do a, a manual. Well, and you, you've been in the same place for a long time too. Yep. Which that that causes things to build up. Like, I did a huge purge of stuff before we moved, but I think I probably only purged about forty percent of the stuff that we wound up actually purging. Yeah. So we moved a bunch of stuff that wound up <laughs> putting in the garbage or giving oh, away for free or something. Anyways, uh, so, uh, Matt, why are we on the road? We are on the road because we went to the uh, awesome Seattle sound designer meetup. Yep. Uh, we're both busy and don't have time to sit down and not, when we're not in the car together. No, we had plans to uh, record properly yep. at, at my place yesterday. And, but we uh, were you got busy. We well we and this might lead into a tangent, but we oh. we had to crunch. We've that never was been the, on a tangent on this podcast. That like that was the what was winding up happening this month that was like a little bit of crunching was happening. Chris was where Chris is in the back seat, but he's he's got to zip it for the podcast. But Chris had Chris like worked all weekends this month. Yeah. And and last night we were like, okay, I think we have to work all night. Yeah. And it's really frustrating because I kind of thought I, I wanted to be this non-crunch studio mm-hmm. uh, but there was just like too much to do yeah so so I, I, I haven't found out how to reconcile that or to well, avoid it in future yeah it's yeah. I think I think it's harder like we we all know that I'll rant to fucking the cows come home about crunch it's yeah. like a it's a super triggering I go into rages about but I totally get like what in your situation, you know, you're you're essentially a young business. Yeah. Um, you know, you're at the mercy of clients. Yes. And that and so you don't have all your processes figured out, you know. I guess it's kind of the, so the it's, same to us as like clients are to us as investors are to AAA probably. Yeah. You know? So maybe I should be not as hard on AAA. <laughs> um maybe. But I have faith that you guys can get there to eliminating it and I think the setting goals of doing that and setting a like mandate of this is not normal Mm -hmm. you know this is an exception we will now look at this and try to figure out how we could have alleviated this so that the next time we do and and it it ultimately was like my and our fault because we made commitments yeah We, we made the commitments they weren't saying like this has to be done and these are unrealistic goals. Mm-hmm. We, we thought they were realistic, but we were also working on something that we had never done before. Right. And uh, 
And so, it, just, it just took longer because there were so many unknowns and then my computer broke and yeah, and uh, there's just things happen, but the deadlines don't change. But then the yeah. deadline did change. So, well, that's so nice. we didn't have to do an all-nighter last night. And now we're back on the non-crunch schedule, so we kind of just only half-crunched. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I, mean, d- I did pull, pull an all-nighter this week for yeah. it. Though. So I think the intent and what, where you're trying to get to is important and that, you know, we all make mistakes in yeah. all of our parts of our job. We all make mistakes, and sometimes scheduling is a mistake. Yeah, so, totally. You know, I just want to make sure I'm not being like a philistine. Being like, and being like, you never have to crunch, man, and then just go and do it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, work, working towards never having to do it, I think, is important. Yeah. Whereas there are parts of our industry where it's just accepted. Yeah, it is. That's the norm, and that's just the way it's going to yeah. be. And there's well, no here work. comes three months of crunch time. Yeah, there's no working towards eliminating that. Eliminating that. Right, so. right, right. Okay, well, that makes me feel a bit better. Yeah. Uh, that that's how I feel as and as being a super anti crunch person. Yeah, at a at a studio that never crunches. Yeah. Um, and, but it has the resources not to. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we were at the Oculus thing, saw yep. some talks. Was cool. Was good. Was nice good. to be down in Seattle again. Yep, they're doing some neat stuff. So some really neat stuff. The close proximity binaural was the most exciting thing. Yep. In my books. And it just works. Yeah, apparently it just works. So that's that's nice. Yeah, um, which is interesting. I'm not huge into the VR scene, uh, but I had never even heard talk of different binaural encodings based on distance. No, stuff. not even. So and we've was, been to a lot of binaural talks. That was uh, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And it they didn't talk a lot about what it was really. Just kind of like, here's an overview of what it is, and we now do it in the you know in the tool. Yeah. Um, which was cool, but it Just still there. gave me enough of like, oh, that makes total sense. Why why wouldn't that be an issue that needs to be resolved? Like, of course it does. And to explain what we're talking about, because none of you were at the talk. True. So they were, the talk was by Laurent Betbetter. Bet, Betbetter, I think. Uh, he's from Paris. And he's, he's worked at Sony and stuff. He's worked in games forever. Cool. Um, so he is saying uh, that... And it makes total sense that basically sounds that are closer to you are more binaural, um, psychoacoustically, than sounds that are further further away, and math- mathematically as well. They have because a, the, um, a, the azimuth angles get, get more extreme the closer a, uh, a signal source and, gets to your head. And the uh, ITD ITD interoral yeah changes. Or it becomes more dramatic the closer it is. Yeah, yeah. So um, so your head matters more and your torso matters more and your pinna probably matters more. Yeah, um, versus something that's farther away yeah. where it's still part of the effect, but it's less of a, a thing. And so what Oculus is doing and incorporating into their tool is right now it's just it's, it's a faked uh, version of the difference between a sound that's far away being binauralized and a real and a realistic one, because ideally you would, um, you know, so to, to make an HRT, if you do frequency sweeps from basically a dome, there's lots of hand like gestures a whole, going on. Yeah, tons of hand gestures uh, from multiple sources around you in a spherical pattern, uh, but they'll be at at distance. Yeah, um, and then you can build the filter from the information that you retrieve from that. So, in order to make this close proximity 
model, you'd have to do that again, and that requires an anechoic chamber, and uh, yeah. you need your chemar or your or multiple human test subjects, and then you have to go through all the data, interpolate it, create an HRT app. So they're doing he, math. So he's yeah. So Laurent's just now just doing his own math, yeah, based off of what he knows to put it together, yeah, and, to pull in to take that distant HRTF and simulate it as a close HRTF. To see if it's if it's worth making the full database in, in yeah. the future. Um, yeah, that was the other like interesting thing. This is the start. Yeah, this is the test and, model, and apparently it's amazing. Yeah. Um, we weren't there long enough to... Uh, I didn't test it out. Because we were late. Seattle traffic made us late. Yeah, it was I blame you, Seattle traffic. <laughs> no demo for me. No. Want to talk to people? Uh, so that yeah, that was cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, and that, but that's not what we were, what we were going to talk about today. No, that is just what we did today. Yeah. So what we wanted to talk about today is game jams. Yeah. Um, I know we we've talked to bits and pieces about game jams before, but we've never said we're talking about jams. Yeah. So there is there is. Jams are really great regardless of where you are in your career. Uh, really great for beginners to do because, you know, you can get some games under your belt and, like, essentially you ship a game in three days or it's, multiple games in three days. It is the first thing when... First thing I tell new people to do. Yep, go do a game When jam. they're like, how do I get into games? It's like, go do, jam, go do game jams. Because when that ties into the... Don't try to get hired by your heroes. Yep. You know? Go meet the future heroes mm-hmm. and grow with them. And um, game jams are a perfect place to do that. And if you're an experienced person, game jams are still really awesome because you can. There's still nothing like doing a game in three days. No, you know, and that it takes a, a slightly different skill set and allows you to do experiments and run through stuff and like, just it brings a different that time scale brings a different set of things to the table um, that can be really good exercises as somebody really knows what they're doing mm-hmm. or reminders of how to do stuff or a chance to do crazy experiments on stuff that you haven't done before or tried before or... so totally valuable to do even if you have shipped a lot of games yeah so I would say okay, so the first scenario I'm going to lay out yeah. for I guess both of us to go over is so you have never worked on a game in your life yes how do we think we should uh, so we're just interested we're just poking around yeah how do you approach going to a game jam first of all how do you find the thing For, how do you know what game jam's happening um there is a lot of web pages devoted to lists of game jams yep I don't have that on me right now so but I know they exist I know I have a, cu- a couple off the top of my head yep um so there's the Ludum Dara, L-U-D-U-M, space, D-A-R-E. Looks like Ludum Dare. Yep. That is, I think, quarterly. Um, that is an international remote game jam. Uh, so very lax, hundreds, well, thousands of participants, hundreds of games. Yeah. Um, and they do two different jams. There's the Compo and the Jam. Mm-hmm. And the compo is actually pretty competitive, and only you—you have to be the only person. You have uh, to be a one-person team for that. Yeah. Um, 
and everything has to be created during the jam. So, so that one's a little, and it's shorter. Yeah. So the one that sound people are probably looking to get involved in is, is the jam. Yeah. Um, so you might want to go to Take Source or the, I don't know, this, the game dev subreddit if you're looking for online stuff, but much more fun to do in person. Mm-hmm. Like, way more fun to do in person because it's like a slumber party. Yeah. Um, so find a, find your local meetup or just find a, find out where the developers hang, are hanging out and be like, I want to do Ludum, I want to do the next Ludum Dara. Yeah. Because they're happening all the time. Yeah. And I want to try out some sound stuff on it. Um, the, but the other the things I would recommend for beginners is unless you want to be a more technical sound well let's say you want to be a technical sound designer yes then you might want to be like let's see if we can get middleware working because um, that can vary in difficulty and technicality it's getting a lot easier though but yeah. it used to be used to be a real pain I still don't recommend it for a beginner going into a game jam I don't recommend it for anybody actually going into for a game, game jam. jam. I think three-day game jams, like 48-hour game jams, right. it's it's just too short of a time period to be worrying about integrating middleware into engines. And, Especially if you're working with other be- with beginner programmers. Yeah, and, and all that kind of like in- intricate programming that you can do within middleware. Mm-hmm. It's just not generally the time and the place for that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, it's more about, like, I was uh, on topic but slightly slight tangent. I, whenever I've told people, like, you know, what am I going to do in a game jam? I'm, and I always tell them, well, you're going to make 100% of the sounds that you get asked to make and 50% of them are going to make it into the game. Yeah, that would be and that's a optimistic. Great, that's a great percentage. Yeah. Um, so if you add in middleware integration on top of that, you, well, you're probably going to get even less sounds into the game. So, yeah. Um, it's not like a throw the assets over the wall kind of situation. No. But yeah. it is like quick and dirty. Yeah. So it's usually best to use whatever audio capabilities are in the end game engine that the, the people you're working with are using. You yeah. Know? So if they're using Unity, right, use stock Unity audio stuff. Yeah, and learn how, then it's a perfect time to learn how to use it. Yeah. So that's the thing with beginning game jams. There's the perspective needs to be. We're probably we're we're gonna do our best. Yep. But I think it, like you're not gonna get something great. It, if if all of you are beginners, it's not gonna be great. Yeah. There's no. There's just no way. Because um, just due to experience and, and yep. stuff, it, it the fo- the the reward is learning. Yeah. And trying and like and having those small victories of like oh my god we got a sound to play in a game and yeah. it's in three and it's a 3d sound holy cow i found that checkbox yeah uh how cool is that uh whereas so like i for me my first game jam was still like pro- was fairly recent it was probably four or five years ago uh-huh that the global game jam um and it was yeah, just staying up all night making hundreds of sounds. Nobody <laughs> used any of them. Yeah, most uh, at least the main game I had assigned myself to because it was my pitch. Yeah, I pitched a game idea and a team assembled and was like, "We want to make that," and they didn't even get anything working at all by the end. There was <laughs> they didn't even have a workable build. Yeah, because um, its scope was completely overblown. It was like a completely it yeah. Was like they were trying to make a brawler, and I just worked on a brawler for three and a half years. They're really hard. <laughs> And doing that, and then 
I have done, uh, I did a, I did another jam way, way at the beginning, same thing, like, I'm pretty sure we had, like, triple-A scope. Yeah. And it was a longer jam, it was, like, a two-week jam, but we were like, yeah, yeah, we can make this work for sure. Not even close, like, yeah. nothing, nothing like that. We could, but we did, what we did get happening was some, it was a 3D game, mm-hmm. we got some ambient sounds, we got some spot ambiences, we got a, a trigger point that, like, made a big music swell to happen and it was you know it was a bit spooky cool um and whereas the most recent game jam i did yeah oh no and then we did one as a team as a shell in the pit Mm -hmm. that was just purely educational based jam where we're all doing things we're not comfortable with that's that's an awesome that's a okay we're jumping around a little yeah but i think as a senior person yeah you know an experienced person doing a game jam yeah well i'm working my way towards senior jamming okay I will, I will hold my comment. No, keep going. Um, I just think that's the really great thing that you can do um, when you're a more experienced person. We do game jams uh, at Clay um, internally. Mm-hmm. And before when it was just me, um, I didn't have a whole sound team, uh, I would always push myself to try and write music right. for the game jams. Because that's not something I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... That was like, okay, well, that's going to be a stretch for me. That's going to be me trying to learn something new. It's like, I'm going to try and, you know, write this, like, psych pop song. Like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, like, <laughs> but I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. Um, so that was my way of stretching outside my comfort zones and being like, right, I'm going to be a composer today. Yeah. So ours was, uh, we made a little game. And M did all the artwork for it. And M is an artist, but she's not a game artist. Yeah. And we, she was using this cool tool that I've just been obsessed with that nobody uses in games. I think more people should. It's really yep. cool. It's called, it's called Verve, and it's just some dude. Yep. Just makes this cool watercolor slash oil paint. It's like a fluid-based painting program. Cool. Super fun. Looks really cool. Um, and so she got really cool art out of it. She learned how to make a skybox. Yep. And then Chris did all the like the game programming. He's their only programmer, so he had to do all the programming <laughs> for the game. And then I, I, I took it as an opportunity to, to get more comfortable with Reaper. Yep. Um, what I did notice is that all my recordings, I had the wrong mic uh, input <laughs> gained up. Yep. So, so I was just recording like room room noise and no direct signal from across but it was just I was so uncomfortable with Reaper that it like didn't I was just like is this something I'm doing wrong also yeah. my studio was brand new I'd barely done anything in it yet that was a that was a thing we did at another game jam once there was a couple of us audio people who were like right this game jam we're doing everything in Reaper yeah and just forced us to all three of us to use Reaper for a couple of days yeah and we learned we learned a lot about that and for the games I was in charge of I had to abandon Reaper and like go back to Pro Tools because I needed to get some stuff done really quickly. Right. Uh, But I learned a lot in the first two days Mm -hmm. while I was trying to use Reaper. Uh, One of of our sound designers has moved completely over to Reaper since then. We've moved the whole studio over. You know, so, but that was a, like, if we hadn't taken that... Oh, if you hadn't the jam, yeah. the time to set that as our goal in the jam, we probably wouldn't have done that. Right. um, Because that was our exploratory time and it turned out great. Like, it was super beneficial to do that. Right. Yeah, it was super fun. Like, we knew we weren't winning yeah. anything. We had another artist on board who did who did nothing. Uh, who, <laughs> who, who wasn't, like, part of Vichelle and the Pit. He's, like, a client we work with sometime, and he's in, yeah. he's in the UK. And But then he was, like, oh, and he listens to the podcast, too. Hi, Richard. Hi, Richard. Uh, and I, he really wanted to be part of it, but then 
a day in, he's like, oh, I'm, by the way, I'm moving. <laughs> it's like... That you can't, you can't help. It's like, well, that's... Well, we appreciate the vim and vigor, Richard, but yeah. go move. Yes. You better go move. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was really fun. And, and it's kind of like we weren't out to win it. Pick your, pick your battles. Yeah. When you're, when you're beginning or when you're trying to learn something new, that's not the time to try to, like, get in the top ten, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just chill out. Yeah, pull long hours. Like, it's kind of, you go with the, when you're, when you're on a roll, just keep going with it. I think that's important to do that. Yeah. From time to time. Like, chase those rolls because you're going to be excited. You're going to be having fun learning all this new stuff. Uh, a game jam is one spot where I will relax my crunch attitude. Yeah, because it's, and be it's like, more fun. Get the Cheetos out. Go, go for it. This yep. is yeah. Um, but uh, so our most recent jam was the most experienced working with the most experienced team I've worked with. Yep. And we were all working in our elements with the stuff we knew how to do. Yep. Um, uh, so it was for with Rack Seven for the la- most recent Ludum Dara. Uh huh. And then it, it wound up getting like second place worldwide. Cool. Um, their their third Good time job. in a row. Oh. They're they're never first. Always the bridesmaid. Always second. Yeah, always the bridesmaid. Um, and now we're making it into a fully fledged game. Cool. Um, that's one. That's of the... well underway. So that is that that was a totally different approach. Yeah. Where it was like we're all sitting down and we're we're gonna try to come up with something good. Yeah. And uh, and everybody's in their element. Mm-hmm. And then in that, it's a cool time to realize how far you've come. Right. As well. Yeah. To be able to. For it to be like you, you're like, wow, this game is fun, and there's nothing severe missing from it. Yeah, uh, from an audio perspective or any of the other perspectives as well. Like that, that was I don't know what those what that team did was really crazy. They're fast. <laughs> they are fast. <laughs> Holy smokes! Yeah, doing doing game jams teaches you how to be fast. Yeah, you know that's that's one of the things that. At any level, yeah, and making making your you decisions can, much faster because you can really help you learn and teach you how to be fast. Yeah, yeah, in your creative process, in your decision making process, everything about it needs to be fast. Yeah, um, so that was fun, and that made me start to look forward to more jams again. Yep, it's it's been a lot harder because we're working all the time, anyways. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's harder to take time out to. Yeah, that's why the one we did with the team where we're all doing different stuff was kind of, like, really looked forward to it, and it was a Mm -hmm. lot more fun uh, for me because I wasn't just doing work. I wasn't just just working on a weekend now. Yeah. No, I kind of was because I was was the sound effects guy. But, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so those are my immediate thoughts on how to approach jams. Cool. And I don't know if you want to break out the questions already. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, what I... I think one of the biggest things for me with jams mm-hmm. um, is is experimentation and not getting hung up on results. Yeah, you know, it's about it's about the exploring and the trying, and it's not so much about the doing and the finished product. Like, it's not like yeah, and it's well, all it's... about like I tried this and I learned something from trying it. And maybe, you know, I fell flat on my face and the game totally busted and didn't work. But, you know, I explored this new thing mm-hmm. and, and that was good. And it's maybe, maybe if it's, you know, you're a more experienced person, uh, 
or maybe if you're a beginner, maybe it's just like, all right, um, you know, I'm going to do these games or this game, and I'm going to give myself a rule set to follow and see if I can live within only using this tool or only using these plugins or you know, pull all my sounds from yeah, those limitations sounds or something. Yeah. Just like you can, it's a real like open area to give yourself limitations that will help you grow. It's a great time to do to say like I'm going to do only original record- recordings. Yeah. Like every sound in this game is going to be nothing's from library and nothing's from one of my previous recordings either. I'm just going to mm-hmm. do it. I'm which can head into the kitchen. Which if you're doing uh, something like Global Game Jam, yeah. which you know, they all everybody gets together in one spot. Mm-hmm. In, every, in Vancouver. In it, in yeah, that's what I've, I think mostly Vancouver. That's how Vancouver does it. Other cities yeah, are, other are cities different. Are remote, yeah. um, but I know lots of other cities too. That's how they they get everybody together like at a central location. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, I'm in this location. I'm, I'm here for 48 hours. I, you know, I got my list of games that I'm going to do and my list of sounds. I'm going to record everything. So, what do I have here? And it starts to make you think creatively of what's in this building, what's in this room, what have I got access to while I'm here. Right. What can I, you know, what can I walk to to record, whatever, like, what's what's in the vicinity, mm-hmm. you know. Which is a really great, it's a, it's a great way to show people that you don't need the stuff that you need the sound for. Yep. You can make the sound without it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was, there was a really good video from mm-hmm. someone in Vancouver that I haven't met before yep. that came across on the Game Audio Twitter uh, a week or two ago. That was, he just made a video of, he's like, here's me making a sci-fi gunshot and, oh, I'm, yeah. gonna, and I'm gonna make it com- entirely from things in my apartment building. Yep. And so he did like the, you know, the tick boom and tail uh, or snick boom and tail and he used like one of the mechanical door knobs in his apartment yep. building uh, and then a slamming of the door for, like, the big boom. And I think he used a blender for, like, some kind of wind-up and stuff. But it yep. was all just small things. Mm-hmm. Sound he came up with was fantastic. Yeah. It was to- it was totally... I popped in it again. Yeah. No problem. It was cool. So uh, putting yourself... Giving yourself those li- limitations within the frame of a jam is, like, really valuable. Yeah. Um, it also... How you're saying, like, don't worry about perfection. Yeah. That ties nicely into how I often approach games that a lot of my clients like and understand is that we focus on coverage before before polish. Mm-hmm. Basically, I'm like, you know, a finished sound is better than a perfect sound. Yeah. Unless it's god-awful. But, right. but like, we want to... If, if, if we have a load of content to get done, mm-hmm. I want to get first passes of that done. Yeah before we start getting finicky with individual things because if you start getting finishing finicky with individual things then like oh my god the game shipped and uh, <laughs> and one of the characters yeah doesn't no... even have the voiceover yeah but the other ones do um, the other thing that makes me think about because it's it's something that I've been noticing lately um, in the game that I'm working on I'm I'm feeling uh, I'm struggling a bit with it and I keep trying to make the one thing I'm working on perfect and I need at times pull myself out from that and go, okay, it doesn't need to be perfect. It needs to be in the game. Yeah. And if it's in the game, I can iterate on it. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry about getting it perfect. Just get it in. Get it good and in. Mm-hmm. And then you can iterate on it and make, make it better. Yeah. 
Or maybe it doesn't or maybe need it'll, them. maybe it'll grow on you. Maybe yeah. you're just being weird right now. Yeah, and maybe yeah. it doesn't need to be better. Maybe it is the right thing. Yeah. So see if it annoys other people, because it's not about you. Uh, but you can't do that when it's not done, sitting in your DAW. Yep. You know, or you only got one of the footsteps mm-hmm. out of the many sets of footsteps you need to do. So. Yep. Um, so yeah, getting it done and into the game and not worrying about perfection. Yeah, is... jams are jams are great for that. Yeah, and and it also when you do a jam, and it, I mean you have to prorate it for how, how many hours you actually worked, but it can it can show you you know how much like what your limits actually are. Yeah, how much you can actually get done in an X amount of time. Yeah, um, when you're not when you are making these decisions quickly and when you're um, when, you know, and it gives you a little anchor for that motivation. Yep. When it needs to come out, uh, which can be hard at times, but, um, anyways, so I don't have a lot more to say about jams. That's covers the main points I think about when I think about doing. Yeah. We're there. We have a couple other things to cover. We forgot to do our announcements right off the bat. Oh, we did. Which we were, that was supposed to be our new thing. It was. Um, do you have any? Uh, you guys just announced a new game. We did. We announced Griftlands. Yeah. Is the new game, which uh, um, looks great. It's going to be cool. Uh, Power Up Audio is actually doing the audio for that. Mm-hmm. So I'm working as a um, kind of the audio director. Yeah. Um, I'm running. Running interference for them and the team and just sort of like being the man on the ground to, mm-hmm. to make the connections when questions need to be answered and giving advice. Right. Which is... Because they're not in-house. No, they're not in-house. Yeah. Um, which is different for us. And it's different for the team that's working with them. Um, so that's a bit different for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something I'm necessarily used to doing. Um, but it's still fun. They're doing great work. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, game is going to be superb. So Kevin's working on an in- insanely wacky procedural uh, oh, yeah. the spe- dialogue system. The speech system is crazy. Yeah, super That'll crazy. That'll be cool to show off. And very tedious to record. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, so that's going to be real cool. Uh, yeah, the game looks fantastic. What are our announcements? We've, we got some braggy stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to brag. All right. Uh, Splitter Critters got an Apple Design Award. Sweet. Congratulations. Pretty stoked about that. The trailer for Fantastic Contraption got a Golden Reels yeah. award. It's like basically, a, it got like the advertising award. Yeah, it got like the Academy Award of trailers. Yeah, basically. That's pretty awesome. Congratulations. So, yeah, it like beat out Sony and stuff. So that was, it got, I think, most innovative. Right. Most innovative cool. trailer of uh, 2016. Good job. So that was really great. Um, and what else? Have we launched anything? Uh, we have... No. No. No, we haven't launched anything All right. uh, recently. We are working on the next game from Rack 7, which is going to be called Submersus, which is pretty exciting. Cool. That, be, that was our Game Jam game that's going to be... Uh, turned flat, into a real game. Turned into a real game. There's the thing about Game Jam games. You never know when something might be finished up and polished off yeah well that's it, a great way so all right we'll just keep talking about jamming yeah uh it's a great way as a 
as a person that may be looking for games to work on yeah. or to suss out what things might be successful, which is something that's very valuable if you are looking on at working on games that actually make money. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's a the, relevant skill, like a relevant thing to know if you're starting out, if you're beginning, if you're a experienced whatever. Yeah. Like, that's good stuff to check in on. Yeah, you want to work on successful things. Yep. And... You don't get to decide what is successful. <laughs> it's no longer the case of, like, man, we worked so hard, we deserve to do well. Yeah. That is not how it goes. It's... So you are at the will of the people. It's like developers who say, this is an esports game. Well, yeah. So, no, uh, the people decide if it's going to be an esports game. Y- yeah, exactly. Um, so something doing well in Ludumdara is yep. a pretty good signifier that people like it. Mm-hmm. Um, that... The eyes that were laid upon it will remember it, yep. and and uh, it's going to hold with them. So if I were starting out, if I had to start out again, mm-hmm. I'd be probably checking out a bunch of Ludum Dara games. And yep. they don't just give you a ranked list. You've got to put the time in and, and yeah. figure out which ones actually did well. And maybe seeing what the what those devs are deal are. Like, are they looking for collaborators? Yep. Stuff like that. That's... It's a good way to see who's good at making games that people like. Yeah. Um, because there are a lot of people that want to make games. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them do not do well. So, that's a thing. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. We have our first sponsor. We got a sponsor. Yeah, we, we have a sponsor. So and this is our first sponsored message. Yeah. Uh, I just want It's be... Audible. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's Casper Matt. No, I'm kidding. What are the other ones? Uh, so we want to say that the reason that we accepted this sponsorship uh, for this episode is because we actually really believe that this is a great thing. Yeah. And that thing is sound libraries. And this is uh, the Polarity Library by Mattia Cilato, who's an acquaintance of mine. We went to VFS kind of at the same time. Yep. Um, good fella. Uh, and he Italian. makes awesome, awesome sound libraries now. He makes now. excellent libraries. He kind of, he kind of, he, he definitely made it the thing that he wants to do. Yeah. Um, so he's put together this great electricity library, and he sent it to Matt. This is like, our sponsorship is that, Mattia gave us the library. That's yeah. the, that's how he's greasing our palms, um, and it's yeah, it's it's a wonderful library. We're gonna uh, turn the car why, light Why don't you give me give me the rundown? Okay, so the rundown is it's nine hundred and fifty sounds of like electricity stuff, but it's not just um, it's not just like zaps and and uh, arcs and uh, Jacob's ladders. Yep, it is those as well. But it's also a lot of the equipment, like, surrounding those things. So you get a lot of switches mm-hmm. and, uh, and wheels and, and things, like mechanical stuff. Yep. Um, it's recorded with several microphones. Yep. Such as? Such as. So, and here's the fun thing, is that Mattia has microphones that are, like, really hard to get. Yep. Like, in crazy ways. So the, the, one of the more exciting ones is the Sankin CO100K, which a bunch of people probably already know about. Yeah, which is a great, super amazing mic that has... High-frequency microphone. Yeah, which is super awesome to record electrical stuff with because there's so much going going on 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 that upper we-can't-hear-it stuff, so... Yeah, so it's 
on on the so a lot we always tell ourselves like yeah we'll record we can do 96k and then we'll we can pitch it down yeah uh, one octave and maintain full fidelity at 48k yeah uh, with this sucker these are all recorded 192k and but the thing is is like you can record 192k with a regular microphone but then if you pitch it down there's just so, nothing there uh, yeah full four octaves this is three octaves yeah I'm trying to do the math again 96 uh, yeah you can pitch it down four times and main, maintain full yeah full fidelity because of this microphone yeah more or less um, so that's cool yeah and those are hard to get expensive microphones yeah like it's, the stories it's just we've hard. heard about people getting those microphones are like <laughs> you yeah. have to call a person in Japan that sounds real shifty yeah doesn't want to give it to you meet a dude in a parking lot with a pile of cash yeah I want to hear Matias story on like how yeah. we got the mic um and then there's the other one is the we were fighting about the pronunciation of this, uh, the electro sluk, or electro slush, electro sluk, sluk sluk sludge, uh, and so that's an electromagnetic mic, which I don't know anything about. So yeah, it's a cool little it. unit. Um, I have the DIY version on order, because uh, like when I got mine, they didn't have um, the full kit ones done. You had to get a kit to build yourself, and. Uh, I got the email on my way to work and bought it on my phone while I was scrambling around yeah. because the 30 minutes it took me to get to work, it was the kit was sold out already. That's nice. And I knew that it was going to be gone, so that's why I was like, I got to buy this on my phone somehow. Um, so it, he's, he did, he's done a whole bunch of the, this crazy electromagnetic recording stuff that is just like, that's the stuff you never hear. Like, that's not even, like, Yeah, that's not on the human thing. Audible spectrum. It's yeah, like, so he got a whole bunch of stuff that's, like, really cool, weird stuff from that, which is awesome. Yeah. And there, and then there are there are a couple other, like, I'm pretty sure there are standard regular old mics in there as well. Yeah. But we're going to talk about the, the fun ones. Um, so I haven't done a lot of electric stuff lately, but I did do a bunch of poking around the library and listening to stuff and, mm -hmm. and playing with stuff. I think... I think the sourced, like, sort of construction kit stuff is amazing in there. Yeah. Like, there's, like you said, there's all the regular electric stuff you think of, like Jacob's Ladders and stuff like that, which is awesome and cool. Um, but he's also got a lot of stuff that is not actual electric stuff that makes great electric sounds. Yeah. Which is really cool to have because, you know, it's, we talk about this all the time, that, that, the things you hear are not actually what you hear in games and movies and TVs and stuff. Um, so this is a great collection of that stuff that is makes great electric sounds. Yeah, great electric sounds, and it's a new, fresh library. You're not yeah. going to be driving yourself and your users crazy because they're hearing the creek again. The <laughs> creek! The creek. Um, and, yeah, and Matias got a whole bunch of other great libraries as well. He's got a good rock library. Yep. Uh, There's a squishy library, too. Yeah, that one's great. Um, yeah. That was his first one, I think. Um, anyway, so Matias, I'll spell his name out, and we'll, we'll link to it. On yeah, we'll the, put it in the, the show page. notes. So it's... Oh, no, I have to do it from memory. M-A-T-T-I-A. Um, Matias. Chalato. C-E-L-L-O-T-T-O. We'll have to check that. Anyways, link is in the description of the podcast. And that's, trust that the most. Yes. Uh, and the 
The libraries are available on A Sound and Sonus. Yes. So hit them up. Yep. Go check them out. Cool. Sponsor talk. We did our first, but that didn't go so bad. That went pretty good. Yeah. And now uh, we'll hear from our other happy. sponsor, Audible.com. Audible.com. <laughs> but serious, Audible hit us up. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. We got we got a couple questions. How many how many listeners did we just lose? Um, <laughs> we did get questions. Where the hell are they? Um, so let's uh, let's uh, get into the questions. Oh, you're finding the question posted? Got them on there. They're on the floor. Okay. Got some good ones and one terrible one. Yeah. Terrible. Like the worst. Well, I don't. Uh, uh, kidding. I don't know if it's I'm the kidding. worst. Kidding. I just want Jack to get excited. Okay, from John Bash of the John Bash Audio Bash. What kind of networking would you prioritize starting out? If, if I was starting, starting out, out, I would prioritize game jams. Prioritize. Prioritize. <laughs> Um, well, in all seriousness, game jams are a really great place to fo- put some focus on. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as an audio person. Um, I would, I would focus, I would, I would try to figure out what I want to do. Yeah. And if I, cause I feel like if you want to do AAA, you should focus on sort of one set of things. Mm-hmm. And if you're like hellbent on indie, like it's kind of a like slightly different set of things. Yep. Um, to focus on. Um, but, but if, if you you're really a, starting you out, a, if you want to be a T person, yep. Um, but kind of like setting that aside and thinking just more like you, you don't even you like you're just like I found out about game audio. I want to see if it's my my bag. Yeah, like you're just getting into it. Um, I think I would prioritize networking on things that teach you about the game industry. So if you've got a yeah. local game dev meetup, go to that. Yeah. You know, find out as much as you can about those sorts of events that are not necessarily game audio focused, but just game development in general focused. Yeah, like even our game audio meetup group, it's not for networking. Yeah. It's for education Yeah, and social education. So talking to other sound designers about how they do stuff and we haven't had a social one in a while it's just been straight up lectures like come learn about yeah how to do sound stuff um because that's the it's what it's nice and focused yeah let's say people know what they're going to get when they see the name of the meetup group yeah um but that's not it's not going to necessarily get people jobs it Um, has but that's not it's uh, no it's rare it's not Um, what it's for I know that lots of people have have told me, and I've told people as well, uh, like, when you go to GDC, if you want a game audio job, don't talk to the game audio people. Go talk to developers. Yeah. Or Uh, if you're looking at AAA, go talk to, you know, audio directors. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. It's the same thing I keep saying is just... Go to. I, I would prioritize face-to-face networking yeah. over online networking. Yeah. Um, to be. Yeah. If I was being very specific, because yeah. it is just become a familiar face, become a familiar face. Mm-hmm. I, it's my repeated mantra that I keep saying <laughs> over and over and over again. You don't have to be the best sound designer. You can. You can get away with being the only one. Yeah. That will get you work. Um, I think things like GDC 
are worth prioritizing a little bit later once you've started. Yep. Uh, because there is a big first. cost to go to that. Um, so you want to be like you want to have some skills. You want to be sure that this is what you want to do before you lay out that chunk of money to go to that. And yeah, you want to know something about the game development process because you're going to be talking to experienced people. Yeah. And your your greenness will show very quickly. Yeah. Um, but there's other events like there's the Austin Games Conference and yep. Um, there's other game conferences around that are smaller and local. Like we've got the Full Indie, Full Indie Summit. Tickets went on sale today. Yes. Yep. Um, so search your area and find out if there's any game development talks of any kind in your area. Uh, talks or social gatherings. Yep. Um, just get to them. Yeah. Get to know the people on the ground floor become, before they become big famous game developers. Um, and you can be their small famous buddy. <laughs> uh, next question. Jack. Jack Menhorn. The best question we've ever received. Uh, forward slash S. Um, if they don't have Coke, is Pepsi okay? Dr. Pepper. Diabetes. Moving on. Next question. Uh, from Luca. Our good pal. We saw it tonight. Yep. Where do you see game... You're writing. Looks like it says, where do you see game nudies? <laughs> you're writing so messy. Where do you see Where do you see game nudies in five years? <laughs> game audio. Uh, any new exciting paradigms? What new skills and what's unnecessary? I don't... I'm, I'm bad at looking at the future. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just put that right out there. I'm the guy that, like, sees the game come out. I'm like, oh, that looks like a pile of garbage. Nobody's going to play that. More it's... like mine crap. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to play a game full of blocks? Yeah. Oh, six, 60 million games later. <laughs> ah, I guess I was wrong. Right. Um, so I'm bad at predicting that kind of stuff. I'm, you know, so I'll put that out there. I don't know if we're going to have any, like, major changes in five years. I think I think things are going to just continue to get more powerful and more, more robust tools will be put in our hands as sound designers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think it, we're going to continue down this path of, like, more. More stuff. Yeah. I see... This actually ties, like, directly into our next question, but I yeah. see there being a lot less busy work... Mm-hmm. I know, like, that's something that our company is trying to cut down on yep. a lot. That's, like, Chris and, and Adam have been working on, you know, making tools to make us have to do less of the not fun stuff, like yeah. manual implementation of the same thing over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. Auto- automating the non-creative work um, is something that we're focusing on, and I can only assume other people are focusing on as well, mm-hmm. um, because it's, you know, wasted time that valuable brains could be uh, put to use working on more fun and rewarding things. Yeah. And more valuable things for the game as well. Because yeah. um, none of our players none of our players care, lo- care how long Joey or M had to implement physics objects for. <laughs> they're, they're not like, oh wow. Can you do a talk at GDC on, on how on many how hours <laughs> you spent <laughs> dropping assets into a container? Yeah. Um, but apparently we're doing away with containers as well, which is kind of exciting. 
Um, okay. And uh, any other paradigm shifts? Paradigm shifts. That, I don't know. I know, like, Gordon Durity from the talk I saw years ago was talking about uh, a paradigm shift he was seeing coming is a lot more procedurally generated sound based on not, like, tags, but just on... Uh, well, sort of tags, but like property tags of any given object would be sort of this just big mesh of qualities. Yeah. And that would propagate a sound automatically. Yeah. It sounded like magic, but who knows? It could happen. I, yep. I know there have been academic experiments where they've done it with um, video, hmm. where the video just recognizes this is a bush. Yeah. And um, does all the impact sounds for that bush. That's so cool. That, that would be another... It, that would be a removal of busy work, but also a removal of creative because uh, we do like, I like a good sound in Foley. Yeah. I like a good sound in Impact. And if the machine is just doing, a, doing it on its own, then it's probably not going to be the best sounding anymore. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Next, next cue. Uh, from Sam Mackey. Yep. Do you see a future where sound designers work more as curators and consultants rather than content creators due to automation and generative tools? I I think a lot of what we already do is curation. Yeah, I think so, we're already there. Um, so, yeah, I think they're, like, in a way, yes, there'll be more of that. But it, in another way, that's already what we do. Yeah, because, like, say you wanted distortion 60 years ago. Yeah. You couldn't go buy a plug-in. You had to make that happen. Um, you actually had to build something. Yeah. Um, now I've got God knows how many distortion plugins Good. that two. I have to choose. <laughs> you have two? I think I only have two. Two and then probably like some stock ones, but I just use Saturn and uh, Decap. One of them is Decapitator, Matt. Chill out. Oh, no. And I've got guitar rigs, so plus a thousand. <laughs> I don't even remember. I always forget I have a guitar rig. I've yeah. got that, too. Oh, guitar rig is awesome distortion. I've been using Trash 2 a lot lately, actually. Oh, right, Trash. Because it's just got so much extra stuff in there that you can really, like, go nuts with. Okay. All right. Anyways, other examples. Shutting down the distortion other. talk, because that'll go for ages. Other examples being, uh, what are you doing? If you're using any given library sound, you're not making the sound. You're yep. curating the best sound from a selection. Um, you're not a, you're not a content creator. You are a curator yeah. at that point. So it's definitely already any any artist is a curator to a certain yeah. degree. So, and I think that while we are getting more generative tools and procedurally mm -hmm. generated stuff, you know that's definitely uh, an ongoing, growing part of game audio. Um, before these things can be generated entirely on their own, it's going to take a, like, a long while where we have to sort of teach the computers yeah, what's uh, what, what's well, good, what's good and, and what fits and what's, the quality of a given game. And what's good changes with the times. Yep. So, so even if we have these tools that are generating lots of content, like I know I've, I've talked to other people who are, you know, they've got tools that generate content, like... Uh, well, S-Layer is a good example. Sure, so S-Layer is a good one. I was thinking of Sound Particles. Yeah. Um, is another one where you can feed lots of stuff into it and generate tons of content, but you still need to go through that content and find the good bits. Yeah. Um, so you can make these these things 
run and give you right. I've got a hundred files now yeah. from from this this here. Even then, this curated set of content I gave the tool. It then gave me new content. Now I've got to curate that. Yeah, basically, unless you're making the tool from scratch, you're already curating. Yeah. So, so I so think they were. Not, it's not, not something many of us need to worry about if we're in it for the ear, and if we're not in it, if if we're in it because we have the ear to recognize what's good. Yeah. Um, then you're probably okay. If you're only working because you know how to use the tools, I don't know anybody that's like that. <laughs> so, like. I know how to use Pro Tools. Can you make good sound with it? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's your taste. It's your taste yeah. and your curation that is valuable, mm-hmm. um, because everything else can be replaced. Uh, yeah. For in the in the not too distant future. Yeah. Cool. That's that. That's that. That is. Well, do you have anything else to say, Gore? Um. No, I think I'll have some pretty good announcements next month. But, Sweet. Uh, you look forward to it? Should be releasing. Uh, oh, month. one more announcement. Um, July 15th will be the fourth Audio Bash yes. in Bellingham. Yep. Um, so if you're in the Pacific Northwest area, please come on out. I know we always get lots of people from Seattle. We get some people from Vancouver. I think we had somebody from Oregon last year. Yeah, we did. Last I time. Think so... so you know, Oregon, you got to step it up and start mm-hmm. showing more faces. Um, it's going to be great. Uh, speakers to be announced, um, but it's always tons of fun. And this year... It's my favorite audio event. Twice a year. Yeah. I, would, I was going to say of the year, but... It, but, we, but we get two of them we get a two year. of them, yeah. Um, this year, we're going to do a picnic afterwards. Yeah. So, come on out. It will be underbar. All right. Um, I think that's it. I think I'm done. Cool. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Hope you liked our new plug. Yep. It was fun. Go buy the library. Get the library. Bye. Bye.